We are in the book of which which book in the Bible is it? First, sixth, ninth, or twelfth? Sixth book. What are the what's the, the first five called? And who wrote the book of Joshua? Very good. He was uh, born where? Egypt. And he's an assi- assistant to whom? But then Moses died. That's right. And so we see that in Joshua 1. And so Joshua becomes the next guy in charge. And so that's, that, that's sort of what we've gotten to at this point. Now, last week was uh, part one of a two-part two met. Message. Now, I'm going to review a couple of those points because I think they are crucial for all of us to understand. So, the first two, if you were here last week, bonus, you get to hear a little bit of that again, and then we'll jump into the third and fourth. Okay, good? Y'all look so depressed tonight. I just want to give each each you a hug, starting with, with Scott back there in the back. All right, I will. You just wait. Don't, don't tip me. Okay. Don't know what that means. Um, so we're talking about abundant life, steps to abundant life. Now, John 10.10 10 says the thief, the thief comes, I mix these words up all the time, to, but it says to kill, steal, and destroy the thief. And, and so who, says, who speaks in John 10.10? 10? Who, whose words do we hear? John, that's right, Jesus. And he says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But he says, but the, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Uh, and so we're talking about this life to the full. I, I don't know about you, but when I look around or if I turn on the news or I look online at the news, I don't see a whole lot of life to the full. I see just a lot of crud that is like, have you ever been to the beach, a beach where it's got tar that washes up on shore and you walk in this nice beach and you step on this little black spot of tar and it's like chewing gum from bad places. I mean, it's just, it sticks to you. It's gooey. It's gross. And, you know, that, that's sort of what the world feels like. I don't know where I was going with that analogy. It was really great. And then it just fell off. <laughs> Nick, I hate when I do that. So. Thanks. Um, so abundant life. So first step we, we, we shared in abundant life. Now in the scripture where we're at, the Israelites are about to go into the, pr- the, pr- the promised land, a land that God said, this is your land. But they've been a avoiding it because they would not follow God for years and years. And because they did not trust God for 40 years, they, they, they roamed around and most of them died off. But their kids ro- grew up and a few of those that were with God in the start were still around and they come to the edge of the promised land. So it's, it's something God says, this is where you've been waiting for your whole life. Since you were a slave, you're going to have, this is going to be your home. And they're finally obeying God. They have cried. They've whined. They didn't like the food. They didn't, like, didn't have enough meat to eat. And God has, has loved them through their stupidity. And I, I can say that. And, and we get the same way. Man, we, we are all out for God. And all of a sudden, this thing of life sort of starts to get in the way. And we're like, man, why, why in the world does this? Why, God, why are you doing this to me? And it's, it's, it's just think. Most things that occur to, to you, if you're a bu- believer in Christ, it says that all things work for good for those who are called, uh, who love God and are called according to his, his purpose. That's in Romans 8. So we, we need to look at, at these trials as God at work. So they're finally obeying God. We, we need to be like them uh, for the first time. The first, the first point was follow 
the Father. And back then, God, God led them as a, as a pillar of cloud by day and a column of fire by night. Who here would love for God to lead you that way? Four people? Okay, I would love it. It would just help. You know, at least I would know what he wanted and where he wanted me to go. I think if we all were going, yeah, I, I want to live for God, God, show me that clear. Let, let me know that loud, that clear, that's what you want me to do. And so that, that's sort of what they, what they had. But God doesn't, doesn't work in that way now. Um, what we talked about, we, and we brought the verse Romans 10, 17. I think, I, do, do I have that? And it says this, it's just a, a, a simple verse. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, one thing I didn't expound on this past week, when that verse on faith comes from, from hearing. So faith comes from the word of Christ, which is the word of God, which is this. The, the, this is the word of God, and this is how we, we, we gain faith in God. It tells us about Christ and how to walk with him and how to know him. But I want you to know that, that hearing, I, I want you to look at that word and think of the word receiving, okay? It's not just we hear things all the time. I don't know about you, but we hear noise, right? Do you hear stuff? But do you ever hear and not really hear? I don't know. I, and I, I can tell this story because my wife is a fantastic woman. She's a wonderful wife, great mom. I could just sort of brag about her all day. So that's why I'm allowed to tell the, 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 this story. But we'll be riding around in the van going on a trip. And kids in the back seat will start to go, Mama, Mama. Mama. And my wife is like this. <sighs> and all I hear is, Mama, 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 Mama. And usually about the 16th time, I go, Baby. And she's like, huh, huh. I'm like, Are you going to say something? And she's like, I didn't hear him. And I'm thinking, I'm about to wreck the van. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm about just to take it over into a ditch somewhere just to make the noise, just some new noise to come in. So um, she, she hears everything. You know, I think moms learn to do that. And I, I will say this. If, if, y'all need to hug your mamas extra. Because if daddies were mamas, we'd kill you. Okay? We just don't have that, 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 that bend that works right where... I mean, we, we love you and all, but... Oh, thank God for mamas. So just th- th- yeah, I, what I learned tonight, thank God for my mama. That's what I learned. Okay, good. All right. So, so I want you to understand what it says. Hearing, understand it's, it's including receiving. Just because you hear me, me preach the word of God tonight and you hear the word of God taught, it, you may hear it, but it may not even touch your life. It may have no impact. But if you receive it, that means you take it in. You, you think about what it says and how, what does it apply to you? And you go, God, how does this apply to me? And God, if there's something you need to work out in me, let me see what you want. That's receiving the word. And in Psalms 119, it's a verse that, that a lot of kids learn. I, I, I've known it for a long time. It says, it says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How do we follow the Father We've, we've got we've to, to be in his word. If we're not in his word, we will never follow the Father. So we see that they're going, the Israelites are about to go across the Jordan into the promised land. Now there's groups and tribes and, and, and cities there that don't want them to come. So they're going to sort of invade and take 
over the land. So it's not like, hey, just cross the Jordan and it's all yours. There's a lot of work to do. But we see this in, 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 in three. I'm, I'm just going to read a couple things. We may not even have them on the screen. It says that, uh, that God says, I'm going to go before you with priests. And, and the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. Now, look, don't miss this because in, in the end, we're, we're going to come back to this point. So the ark was going to go before him, and, and God said, hey, stay this, this certain amount of, of feet away from the ark and let them go before you into the Jordan. And it says that the Jordan was at flood stage. It wasn't like a little creek you could go, whoop, over the Jordan. You know, it was something, ah! it was something that, um, man, how do you recover from that? You don't. So it was bigger. Th- it was bigger than it. it. Am I bleeding at all or anything? Okay. I think we we need to pray. Y'all are like, <gasps> Nick. Are, are you? I'm right, Nick. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh. I don't. I, I don't drink. Want everybody to know to, to know that. Now, Nick, I'm going to trip on this thing. I don't know. I'm not sitting down. I'm going to I'm going to do the same thing. It's not a creek you jump o- over, but it's it's wide. Okay, please, Lord, please help them just to just to, may that open their hearts to hear your word. Do use it, whatever. Amen. I don't know even what I'm praying now. So, come back to me, people. All right, let's try not to do that again. Man, I haven't done that in like eight years. Last time it was on my face, though. I was trying to jump up on the stage in church, and I missed it, and I went, bam! And I preached for like ten minutes laying face down uh, and never looked up until everybody had left the room. So this is what's cool about this story. How do you save this? The priests are said to go ahead. The, the Jordan's at flood stage. It's, it, it's, there's... How big is the group of, of Israelites? Does anybody remember about 1.8 million pe- pe- people going across this flooded river that's like from here to where, the, where I stand to where the church is at least. That's about the length of what it is. And it's deep and they're trying to get them all across. And there's just no way to do it. But God says, hey, when the priest take the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God, and they... Their, their toes touch the water. It's not when they're like, okay, we're here, God. Do your work. No, it says when their toes touch the, wa- the water, when they stepped in, the waters began to, 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 to build up north of, of where they were at and build up south of where they were at, and it made the land dry for them to cross over into the land God had said. And what a, what a, what a picture of the strength of God when God is saying, hey, I want you to do this. I've made a way. Have you ever had God begin to work in your heart about something and go, man, I just don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can afford that. I just don't know, if, I just don't know how I can do this. And all of a sudden you see this path go, whoop. And you know, if you don't go that way, you might go to hell because it's that clear you need to do it. I, that's not real. Uh, you won't. Okay, don't be. But it's just, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to go that way. And that, this is what occurs. So, so the priests stay in the Jordan with the ark. And it says they all pass over. And it says they pass over in haste. I don't know about you. If there's water built up there and there, I'm not going, yeah, man, this is cool. I'm like going, woo! You know, they're running across. 
Not that they don't have faith in God, but they just, a big group got to get across. Right? You good? So, point two, you got to, point one, you got to follow the Father. If you want abundant life, man, we've got to follow the Father. Step two, you're going to face a flood. If you follow the, fa- the Father, you will face a flood, many floods. Many things are going to get in the way, and you'll be like, oh, God must not want me to do that. Just because you, you face a trial doesn't mean God doesn't want you to go that way. We think, well, God doesn't want me just to, to be scared or have a, have a bad day. There's a point in your Christian life when it's not about you, or if you look good in front of a crowd and fall down in front of them, say, that would happen. Uh, it's just not about you. It's about God and honoring him. They come to this, this, this flood. They, they've got the, the choice to cross over or they can run back the other way like my son did in his little upwards flag football team. We won't say which one, Noah. Uh, when he was, he was little, he ran to the wrong goal. It was the most worst goal I've ever seen or touchdown scored. Um, but he was six, so he didn't know it was right and left, evidently. <sighs> And don't hate. My wife still doesn't know her. She'll, she'll do this. No, no, now you, you do this. She'll be like, left, 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 no. Don't try to do that. You'll, you'll mess things up, right? So you're going to face a flood. Now, in verse 17 of chapter 3, it says this. You can follow along if you've got your, your, your Bible. It says, now the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord should firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. All Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Now, I want you to know, 1.8 million just crossed over the Jordan. That is a major feat in its own right, and they did it on dry ground, a work of God, God at work. So when you follow the Father, you're going to face a flood. So that's sort of where we got to this this past week. I will try not to fall in order to make my point stand up for the rest of this message. But I'm going to ask you, we're going to read verses, chapter 4, verses 4 through 10 together as a group, not like, don't ever repeat, like try to follow along to a, a stuttering guy with your mouth. Make sure you just do it in your head, don't, okay, because that can be awkward. So I'm going to ask you to stand. We're, we're, we're going to just look at this text together. We stand in, in, in honor of God's word. I think we, we've got the, uh, the words on the screen beginning in verse 4. Chapter 4 says this, Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your your God in the midst of the Jordan, and take up each each of you a stone upon his shoulder, shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Jordan... Uh, Jordan... Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. 
and Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was, was finished that the Lord committed Joshua to tell the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people passed over in haste. Let's pray one more time. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your truth. And God, I just ask that as we just sort of walk through your word, just through the rest of tonight, Lord, I just ask that your spirit will uh, be free here to work, that you will um, uh, just, just turn hearts to you, that you will help us to understand the weight of our sin and our great, dire, just need, Lord, to turn to you for help because you're the only help we have. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, everybody, have a seat. First step, abundant life. If you want it, you've got to follow the Father. If you don't do that, you will never have abundant life. Step two, you will face a flood. What are you going to do? Are you going to pursue through it, or are you going to flee from it? Abundant life says you got to go out on a limb no matter what it costs you. Third step uh, to abundant life is to fly the flag. Okay, now you're going, now what in the world do you mean by that? So we follow the Father, we face the flood, now we fly the flag. What in the world could that mean? In Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, it says this, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. You know, one thing we need to do, and we will always face floods when we follow God. We will always face hard times, but you'll be amazed at how many times you get through those hard times much better than when you went into them. And the greatest thing that we can do is we can, what I would say, Fly the flag or fire the flare. Let the world know what is going on. Who here has heard of uh, an island called Iwo Jima? Anybody? Okay, a few of you have. Uh, There's a picture here, uh, the first one. Uh, Take a look at it. Uh, Who here has seen this picture before? Okay, this is a very iconic picture. Picture now. This was a a, and you can lead that up just for a couple minutes. Um, this was in the south. This is a small island in the South Pacific near Japan, owned by Japan. It's World War II, nineteen forty-five. Uh, USA is in war with Japan. They bombed Pearl Harbor. Before this, we got sort of dragged into this war. We'd have probably gone into it even without that. Um, but this is a picture of uh, Americans raising a flag on Mount Sarabachi. Okay, now take a look at this next slide. This is just a, this is a small island. You, you're going to see the. I think this is the south side of it, and this is the only mountain sort of that's on it. It's really a flat island, and it was an airfield that Japan would use that when the U.S. sent planes to bomb 
over there, they would use this airstrip to to send their own planes to take our our bombers out so we we, we couldn't get to Japan. So it was a crucial place for U.S. to win this war to take this small island. On the, this 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 island, there were twenty one thousand Jap, 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 Japanese, and. Over the course of this war, now this is the mountain where, go, go back to the last shot. This is on top of that mountain, okay? That, it's a volcanic crater. This, this shot is on top of it. And I, I want you to understand, in times of war, when an, a side would take their flag and they would plant it and they would raise it up, part of raising that flag was to say, hey, this is our Land, we are winning the battle. Keep fighting. Keep your head up. Press on. Victory is is close or or here. Okay, so that that's 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 the point of putting the flag. Now, just so you know, this was the second flag that was raised on the mountain the day before. I believe uh, there's another picture of a flag. Go ahead and put that one up. Just so this was the first flag, and it was sort of a small flag, but they. Re, hear, hear this eyewitness account when the small flag, and you saw where it was sort of on that mountain. The beaches were far away. The ships were, some ships were down there. And this is some accounts. It said, the raising of the national colors immediately caused a loud cheering reaction from the Marines, sailors, and Coast Guardsmen on the beach below and from the men on the ships near the beach. When they saw the American, their flag, what they were dying for, raised up. They were like, whoo! Now the men who got to the top of this mountain sort of snuck their way up. And the Japanese that were there, they had hidden in caves a lot. And they had no idea that that the Americans had gotten to the top and put the flag up. And so when they heard the loud cheering, they came out and began to shoot at these guys uh, on top of the mountain. So it was just a crazy deal. Now, this war went on for 36 days. During this war, 6,800 U.S. Americans were killed. That, that's a lot, isn't it? The, now, during the war, and war is just a sad thing. To, you know, It's just a very sad deal. Uh, 19,000 Jap, 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 Japanese lost their lives at Iwo Jima. It was about three to one uh, kill rate. We finally took it over after 30, 36 days, and it helped us uh, to bring an end to the war. But I want you to understand, when that flag was raised, it said this. It said, man, we, we, have, we have got this. Keep fighting. Press forward. This is ours. And there's a point in your life and in my life when God works, and we say, oh, you know, I really think God worked in my life there. We ought to raise a flag and raise it high for everybody to see. Why? Not just, not just for you. It's for everybody else to go, oh, man, our, my God is so big. My God is so, so strong and mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. It's that type of deal as we talk. One, one thing that makes me sad is we can be in a group a lot of times, and we can go to Chick-fil-A a lot, and we can talk about a lot of things. But how much do we ever talk about victories of God? How much should we sort of talk about? Man, I was, 
I was fighting through this, and man, now I'm getting my time in like three times a week, and God has been so good as I've gotten to made this a priority. There's a point where you don't boast. You're boasting about what God is doing, not what you're doing. When we, when we, we want this abundant life, when God works, we need to talk about it. Man, when God's moved at me, my, my heart at camp, when he's somehow God has spoken to me in the edge, uh, as my own time with God, man, let that be, be something I boast about. That's, that's something worthy of boasting about. Do you, you, you hear me? Because we say we want abundant life. But if you really want this life to the full, you got to follow the Father. You're going to face the flood. you got to go through the flood. And when you go through the flood, you got to fly the flag. Because that's not only going to boost you up, it's going to boost all those around you up. And that's what part of this is, the community of faith as we, as, as we walk through this thing called life. Third step, fly the flag. Um, in jo- jo- Joshua chapter 21, verse, uh, or chapter 4, verse 21, it says this, and he said to the Israelites in the future, when your descendants ask their, fa- their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had all crossed over. And he did this so that all the, the, the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and that you might always fear the Lord your God. So I mean, just a, what a, a statement. No, he said, hey, Hey, do this so not just your kids, but your kids' kids and those beyond them will talk about the stories of the greatness of God. Somehow in my life, I want to fly a flag so big that it resounds to my kids' kids' kids that I will never have a chance to meet. But somehow that's going to touch them. You're going, Pastor Dan, I'm, I'm 12. Why are you? Because if you can start doing this at 12... I wish I started doing a lot of things at 12. You can, be a, a, you can be such an impact for Christ at 12 when you just honor him and you obey his word and you seek him. Even when some around you fall and they don't do it, you do it. Quit. Don't look around. You look up. You know the word of God and what it says. Follow what the word says. Going back to verse 16 through 18, uh, it just sort of ends, helps to close the story. It says, it says, command the priest carrying the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And the priest came up out of the river carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No, no sooner had their feet on, uh, set their feet uh, on the dry, land, the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. Power of God moment. Man, was it, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't get dry until they put their feet in, and it stayed dry until the last one took, took their feet out, and they followed the command of the Lord. That's the way God, the obedience to God, when he speaks to you, man, follow it. Whatever he says, follow it to a T. And this is the, the fourth and final step, and I'm taking Joshua chapter 5 through Chapter 20-whatever, 6. You follow the Father, 
you face the flood, you fly the flag, and then you finish the fight. For the whole rest of the story, they're not done. They're in the promised land, and now there is much work to do until they can rest. And can I tell each of you, there is so much work for you to do as a believer in Christ until you rest. But the work, the results of the work are worth it, and the rest is going to be a beautiful thing whenever that comes. It doesn't touch anything you can even dream of here. You've got to, to finish the fight. <clears throat> For some in this room, even tonight, God is co- calling you uh, to turn away from, from sin. You think, man, I'm trying to, 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 to follow God, but there's a sin in your life, whether it's just you, you just talk it up among your friends and are saying things you ought not to say. You're going online and you're looking at things you ought not to look at. And there's this thing, you go, well, I don't know why I'm not finding an abundant life. I'm not finding God. God, your, your flood right now, which you can face it or you can flee, but can I beg you to face it? Is that sin that you're just going, oh, well, I don't know if it's that big a deal. Sin is always a, a big deal. Sin is always a big deal. For some, God is calling you to lead in this youth group. Lead is, it means speak up, stand up, don't shut up about the, the, the things of God wherever you are. God is calling you, but you're like, man, I just don't know if I have time. Or oh, I'm just not real good at public speaking. I'm not good at that, and I, I can't stand up either. I fall down. We, we all have, have things. What's God calling you to do tonight? God is calling some of you to, to, to be Jesus wherever you go in your schools or among your friends. It may not even be in schools. It could be across the street or at the fast food place. And you are just called to love them and tell them about Jesus. For some, it could be you're called to that, and God may be saying in your heart, you know, I've, I've got a plan f- for you, not here, but in a- Africa or Asia. And he's, whatever he's calling you to do, do it. We'll remind you in jo- jo- Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, he told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And that's the story that we just read. Man, amazing story of what God did um, among them. And, and I, have, of, of without a doubt, belief, you may not believe it in you, but I am convinced without a doubt I will bet my house and my life on it that God wants to do amazing things through little old you. Amazing things. But you got to start to go, okay, all right. You know, in, is this statement true or false? In order to have life, you must be born. Is that true or false? In order to have life, you must be born. Is that right? I think so. I think for, for humanity's sake, you've got to be born. You don't just like, I came up as a 35-year-old. Woo! You know, it just doesn't work that way. Well, if, if, that, if that statement's true, then... This one is true as well. In order to have abundant life, you must be born again. In order to have abundant life that we're talking about, you must be born again. Now, what does does that look like? And this is what it is. God reaches 
out to us, even though we're in rebellion against him, the Bible says, and I know by experience of myself and everybody else that I know, that, that I and sometimes in my life have been in rebellion against God. I choose sin over God. I choose things that don't bring him honor over him. I'm not forced to do it. I chose to do it. But even in spite of that, God loves me. That fact blows my mind. And, and, and just as in the text, they follow the Father. There's a point in all of our lives where all of a sudden we see God sort of for who he is. Man, he is holy. He is perfect. He is loving. He's powerful, all-powerful. He is creator of all. This is who God is. This is the, the first step for, for this born to be born again. You must understand that's who God is. If you don't understand that's who God is, you, you're not really ever going to be, be born again. And then the next thing is we, we turn to God. We, we see how great he is, but we come up as we look at God and we see this obstacle, this flood. And the flood isn't just a watery thing that we're trying to get through. The flood is a gap that's a separation between us and God because God is holy and perfect without sin, and we, are, are, we choose sin, and our sin taints us. And The Word of God says it separates us from God. And there's nothing that we can do to get from here where we are to here where God is. There's nothing that we can do. And we, we face this, this, it's more than a flood. It's, it's much more than that. And it's hopeless if we try to get there on our own. You can't do it. But just as in this story, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God goes into the middle of Jordan and it parts the Jordan and it makes a way, God made a way. God, this gap that's so huge, this is the gospel that God See, because sin, sin brings death. We choose sin, and sin, the only thing that brings death, it's not just a physical death, it's a spiritual death, and that's eternity apart from God, and I think it's in a, in a very, very bad place. The Bible t- t- teaches it. It's, it's not like, well, it's just earth, but it, no, it's bad. And we can't fix our sin. We can't fix that. That's, that's the big gap here, and God takes instead of the Ark of the Covenant be in, in the middle to, to make a way, he sends his son, Jesus, to be born as a baby, to live a perfect life, go through the temptations and trials, and even more than we've ever gone through, and he chose God every time. And he didn't sin, because only one who does not sin can pay the price for someone who did. Because if he had sinned, he's got to pay for his own sin, and he couldn't afford to pay for ours. But because he did not sin, it says that when he was put on the cross, that the sins of mankind were laid on top, and what was beautiful became ugly. But the cross became the way. That gap that we couldn't make it from here to here, it said the ark being in the middle, God made this cross and said, hey, to those who who confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. You know, confess with your mouth. That's speaking out. We can't confess with our mouth with our mouth shut. It's got to be a, a voice that, that's heard. And, and what, what 
I can't think of another way to fly a flag than when we confess with our mouth the Lord, the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord over all, even to those who don't believe. He's still, he's still, still Lord. It says, believe in your heart. God raised it. And it says, you will be saved. Just as like they crossed the Jordan into this promised land, a land where they would find rest. Finally, we cross over this gap and go into an eternity with, with God uh, that is better than anything we could ever ima- imagine. We can try to think it up, but, but we can't. We fly the, fly the, fat, the, the flag, and then it says we, we, we finish the fight. What does that mean? That, that means for the rest of your life, you, 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 you seek to become more like Christ because you want to know him. And because he died for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift live for him. That's as simple as I can put it. He gave his all for me, and with all I've got, I'm going to try to give my all to him. My greatest hope, and I know there's some in this room, and you've never had a time in your life where you said, okay, God, I know, I know, I know you're real, and I, I believe you are who you say you are. You are great, you're mighty, you are, are holy, and you've said, and I know who I am, and I am full of sin and I don't deserve any right for you to love me, and I don't really even understand why you do. But I accept the gift of your son, Jesus, and I want to make him Lord over my life. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart. That means, man, with everything you've got, man, this is what I am. my life is going to be about. And for the rest of your life, you are going to finish the fight. And that doesn't end until we leave this world. That's the beauty of the gospel. And I, I want you to have this abundant life. And God is speaking to you. Don't miss out. Don't be like, ah, I've been in this group for a couple of years now. It would be really weird if, if I were to say, ah, yeah, I think I, I may want to get saved. I don't think I've been saved before. That's, that doubt is nothing of God. That is, is someone who's against God, who's trying to talk you out of ever turning to him. It is, it is you going, man, I don't care what anybody else thinks. That's what I want. I don't care what anybody else thinks. That's what I need because there's nothing else that can help me. I'm going to ask for all heads bowed and eyes closed just as we wrap things up tonight. And I just want to ask you tonight, you may be here and, and you've never um, had a time where you've put your faith and trust in, G- in Jesus Christ, that you've never confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart uh, and, and, and been saved. You understand who God is. You understand that you're a sinner and you cannot fix those sins on your own, but God, you understand God make a way, and you want, you want that for your life. And if that's you, I just want to be able to pray for you and talk to you uh, but if, that, if that's you, just meet up eyes with me. Just, just sort of meet up eyes with me. And, and once we lock eyes, you can look, look back down. Okay, I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? For those that looked up, it's it's nothing of a of a of a prayer that you you have to get right. It's you saying, "God, I believe that you are 
You are Lord over all and over my life. Forgive me of my sin. I believe in, in the cross and the resurrection. And I want to put my faith and trust in you and live for you the rest of my life. That's, that's what, you, what, what you say to God. And uh, Rose looked up. I just want to sort of chat with you all a little bit when this is over. There, there's more that I want to talk to tonight. And that's those that you go, you know, I really think I've got, I've got begun this abundant life. I've got faith in Christ. But man, I know there's an ab- ab- abundant life that's going to cost me. Uh, but I know I need to do some things. I need this, there's a flood that I, I, I face. I'm trying to follow the Father, but there's this flood, and I know, I know I've got to let go of sin or even some relationships that, that, that aren't glorifying God, and I, I need to pursue Him with everything that I have. If that's you, I just want to be able to just pray with you tonight. So if that's you, just look at me and meet eyes. And, okay, gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. I'm in the middle rows right now. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. On the left side, anybody left? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Did I miss anybody? No. Dear God. Okay, gotcha. Dear God, I thank you so much uh, that you don't leave us alone, that you have, you pursue us, that in, in spite of our rebellion against you, you love us, and you fight for us, and you pursue us. God, I just ask that for those that, that looked up tonight, and even some that didn't, God, that you're doing a work in them, Lord. Help them to have courage just to seek you, to talk to others about you, to follow you, and just to honor you. And help us as friends that are in this room right now, help us uh, speak truth uh, to our friends and love our friends to, to Christ. Uh, In Jesus' name I pray, amen.